Shalom, welcome to Torah Bites. This is Alan Gilman with Torah Bites for the week of February the 3rd, 2024, the 24th of Shevat, 5784. This week's message was originally posted the week of January the 30th, 2016, the 20th of Shevat, 5776, and it's entitled, The Ten Words. And I'm reading from Shemot, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. The Ten Commandments function in a most special way within Holy Scripture. You may not be aware that they are never actually called the Ten Commandments, but rather, Aseret HaDevarim, the Ten Words. Obviously, the Hebrew is indicating that this is much more than a list of ten individual words. Rather, they are ten unique divine utterances, unique in several ways. First, the Ten Words were the only part of God's revelation to Moses that was given in the direct hearing of the people. It isn't clear if they heard the actual words, but whatever they heard, they were so terrified they never wanted to experience it again. Second, of all that Moses received from God, only these ten words were written by God's own finger. In fact, he did so twice due to Moses destroying the first set in reaction to Israel's rebellious activities while he was with God on the mountain. The third and perhaps most important way the ten words are unique is that they, in particular, are called the covenant. This would be why they were among the items that were placed inside the Aron Habarit, the Ark of the Covenant. There was, of course, more to the covenant given at Mount Sinai than just the ten words. The ten served to point the people to the details of the entire covenant. They weren't necessarily more important than any other of God's directives, but what they do is capture the essence of the whole covenant while the rest of Torah elaborates on them. The ten, then, especially as a collection, have an essential symbolic function in that they represent the whole Sinai covenant. It's not biblically sound, therefore, to isolate or detach the ten words from the rest of Torah as if God gave these directives as universal principles while everything else he revealed through Moses was for Israel alone. This is not to say that the ten words or anything else in Torah aren't necessarily universal. It's that it's not right to automatically consider them as universal just because they are the ten words. Biblically speaking, the ten words first and foremost function as covenant, not moral principles. They, as much as the rest of Torah, are full of morality, but primarily they establish the basis and parameters of God's relationship with ancient Israel. That's why the ten words begin with, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Israel was to obey God's commands on the basis of their having been rescued from Egypt, something which no other nation can claim. Note that Israel's salvation and relationship to God were established by God first before he gave them directions to live by. Biblical morality was never intended to be a pathway to God, but rather a response of God's people to his love and faithfulness. Living God's way under the new covenant is similar in that it too is a response to God's salvation. This time not only as the nation of Israel who were in physical bondage to Egypt, 
but people of all nations who have been released from the greater bondage to sin and death through faith in the Messiah. But as those who have a relationship with God through Yeshua, how do we live? While many have adopted the Ten Words as their moral code, others have rejected most, if not all, the commands given through Moses as being relevant today. Some claim that Yeshua replaced an older notion of hundreds of commands with only two, love God and love your neighbor, as if God is now lenient instead of strict. But that's not what's going on here at all. Yeshua's answer to the question concerning the greatest commandment in Matthew chapter 22 provides perspective and priority in in relating to God. These two commands, therefore, serve as a summary of everything God calls us to do. But what does he call us to? Under the New Covenant, Torah, which was at one time written on tablets of stone, is now engraved upon our hearts. That which was external has been internalized. The transformational change brought about by Yeshua's death and resurrection allows us to live out the essential elements of God's revelation through Moses, including the Ten Words. Torah Bites is located on the web at www.torahbites.org. Comments may be sent to info at torahbites.org. You can follow us on Twitter at Torah Bites. Until next time, this is Alan Gilman for Torah Bites. Lehitraot. Torah Bites.